That's just my intro. It's not even 8 o'clock yet. It's 7.56, but I figured we would just kind of, I don't know, kind of get an upbeat tempo going here. And I'm actually here messing with my little mixer board. Um, so it's now 7.56. I don't know. I think I'm going to change the tempo, kind of mellow it out a little bit. I was just having some fun. I'm going to go ahead and, I don't know, I um, stumble upon every week. Um, not every week, rather, but every other week when I am doing this podcast, I, I like to listen for different, I know, music to listen to. When I say different, meaning within a genre of contemporary um, gospel or Christian music. So I found this music by uh, William Murphy, and I like it. I think I'm going to start off tonight with this. It's called Face to Face. Some of you probably know this music by now. I stumbled upon this via my, um, what do you call that, uh, iTunes. I pay for these things, and my daughter says, Mom, why do you keep going to YouTube? You can just, you know, you pay for this uh, uh, subscription, so just go ahead and use it. So this is how I found it. I hope you'll enjoy listening to Face to Face by William Murphy as we kind of uh, get underway with uh, tonight's podcast. Open your mouth, let's worship. Creating moments in the presence of God. Every moment matters. It may not be your moment, but the people behind you are And of course, you know I'm the singing therapist. I love to sing. I don't know, it does something to my heart. And this is Healing of the Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Henry. So a little bit of uh, I don't know, intro music tonight. New music. At least new for me. Good evening, good evening. Oh my gosh, I'm making so much noise. I am so excited to be here this evening. It's Keisha Henry. Ah, licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist, um, wife, mom, blogger, and recently author of Healing of the Heart. And that is the name of this podcast. I want to welcome you tonight to episode number six. So excited. Part two of When the Obstacle is You, Sis. I don't know, my daughter inspired that last part, Kyra Henry. She's so funny. 
Uh, so yeah, welcome. And you're listening to this music in the background. This is William Murphy. You know, I'm always introducing some new music that I find that I, you know, I feel is very inspiring. At least it does something to my heart. Hey, we can't ignore the heart. We have to be able to know how to navigate the heart and the issues of life because they affect the heart. So I don't know. It's apropos, I think, for Healing of the Heart podcast. So it's 8.01. Welcome tonight. I'm so excited to be here. I love doing this podcast. I say this every time I get on. Uh, you know, just a little bit of an anecdote before I get started. Um, tonight, I'm going to stop the music. Hang on, guys. If I can find my phone. I love this song. Face to face. Let's jam it out, guys. A few more minutes. Give other persons a chance to join, then I'll tell you the anecdote before I had before tonight, tonight's podcast. that song oh my goodness i cannot get enough of that song again i happen to i found this on the itunes the subscription that i have and i've been playing this song all week oh my goodness i don't know you should listen to it it's called um it's called face to face by william murphy and you're gonna hear me play it at different points in the podcast this evening very calming okay so I don't know your spiritual um, affiliation or connection, um, but I, I don't hide mine. Um, so, you know, I sometimes I'm a little bit shy and use the word Christian because I know in, in our changing world that that can have so many different connotations and denotations for persons. But essentially, you know, I do have a spiritual connection. I often talk about God and my work and my life. And I leave room for other persons to engage with that or to share you know, their connection. So I typically uh, tend to uh, you know, um, love music that's in that genre, and it's just very calming. Because what you listen to, it really does feed your mind and feed your heart, and it really influences that black box. If you've listened to any of my podcasts or Monday Power Tips, I talk very passionately about what the black box is. And essentially, that's your soul, that's your spirit, that's your, in today's world, they call that energy or your aura, and it's important to protect that. And so this music really helps me to do so. So welcome to Healing of the Heart podcast, episode six, when the obstacles you assist. Oh my God, all these, um, I don't know, these, uh, you know, S sounds. So anyway, so this song, Face to Face, I've been I stumbled upon it, and I've been listening to it all week. And every time I play this song, it just makes me so calm it brings a level of reflection that just keeps me mindful. We're going to talk about mindfulness tonight. And we're going to talk about um, moralizing, moralizing and normalizing judgment. And perhaps, I don't know how that may or may not, if you're probably not even aware, how that shows up in your life. You know, so funny. Um, so many points to cover tonight. I'm going to try to narrow it because I can go on and on and on. I'm going to pull in different, you know, um, experiences, professional ones, um, you know, and personal ones, um, boundary-oriented speaking, of course. But, you know, this week I've, I've talked to so many women in, in the NDHI community that so many things that they're unaware, they're on default, they're unconscious, and that black box has been so contaminated that, you know, living lives that really that's not the ones that they want. And bring, having awareness really helps to change and bring about fulfillment in their life. So anyway, back to this song. I hope you'll take a moment to, it's about reflection. It will help you to, I don't know, have a sense of calm. And perhaps if you can't relate to the genre, but maybe you can relate to the words of the song. So I, I hope you enjoy that. And again, we're gonna sprinkle it through tonight. Um, last couple of weeks, I've been talking about Samuel Madas. Uh, he's out of Guyana. I love his music and it's very inspiring too. You know, music is powerful. 
there's certain stimulants in life that, you know, helps to stimulate the brain, that helps to stimulate, you know, proper behavior. One of those healthy stimulants, because there are different types of stimulants in the world today, or overall, um, but even more so today in our time. Um, but music is, is a very potent stimulant for the mind and for the brain and for the heart to produce productive behavior and have a sense of harmony. So we're going to sprinkle this song throughout. And you know, if you're listening tonight, I see we have two listeners. Thank you so much. I don't know who you are, but maybe you can put in the chat box your name. I'd like to say hi. Which reminds me, the last time I did a podcast, there were persons on, and I was so involved in the podcast, looking at my phone, making sure I was, you know, doing my thing, quote unquote, and I missed communicating. So I'm, I said to myself, I'm going to make sure that I look over and glance, and that, I, that way I see persons who are on. So give me a shout out, please. Don't leave me lonely. Let me know who you are. I want to talk to you, and I want you to talk to me. I love talking. Um, so yeah. So what are we talking about tonight? Did I introduce myself? I think I did. Um, this is, you know, the sixth podcast, uh, sixth episode, and I always like to talk about what this podcast is not. I think it's important. By now, I think if you've listened to this podcast in the last um, month or two, um, it's only that newer. Uh, that's the age of the podcast, only two, two months old, actually, almost three. I often repeat this. It bears repeating that this podcast is not about blaming other people. It's not. And if you continue to listen on, you know, more and more, this gets ingrained and you'll, this will be enforced. That's one of my goals. And so you understand that you can have, take the power back and live your life for you rather than pointing fingers at other persons. You lose power that way. Um, so this podcast is not about blaming others. It's not about, you know, judging others. In fact, in my work, I often tell persons, hey, you know what? Judgment, we, we don't try to check that. Like you check a baggage on a plane, you don't carry it. So when we're working together, you leave judgment at the door. And it's my hope that as you continue throughout your life outside our doors, that you also check judgment at the door and rather take a position of curiosity, being open and ask questions, yeah? So that's what this podcast is about. It's not that, but it is about taking a look at, instead of running away from yourself, it's about or in our role, I like to say dissociate, just kind of check out. Instead of checking out and pointing fingers at other persons, what it's really about is, you know, giving a chance to ask questions, giving a chance to settle down, to listen, you know, ask questions as we're going over, you know, different points in the podcast. I don't know. Even when I'm teaching, you know, at work, um, we had our women's group this past week. Amazing again. We're in week five. I think we have three more weeks to go. And again, you know, it's checking judgment at the door. Uh, basically, you know, uh, revisioning, like, I like that word, re, revisioning, you know, and um, redeveloping, you know, your life, developing, you know, strategies, new strategies and resources to help yourself, you know, rather than the ones that were given. And again, we're not judging, we're being curious, because we point fingers at what was given to us, and that's not going to take us anywhere, but we can question those things and see what we can do with them because we're adults now. So that's what this podcast is about. And, uh, you know, I hope that you'll uh, be curious about what I'm talking about. Um, last time I, I invited persons to, hey, take notes, you know, maybe write it down. If something struck a chord, hmm, you know, maybe you can email me. Maybe you can send me a message or whatever, get a hold of me. Um, so we, you, I can probably answer your question, uh, question or questions more deeply um, or more personal. So that's what this podcast is about. So the anecdote, pause, pause. Okay, so I'm going to do a little weird sound. Ah, 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 ah. Awkward. Okay, so here's the deal. So tonight, before I got on, honestly, it was about maybe 6 o'clock. My sister-in-law calls me and says, uh, you have a podcast? She says, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm cleaning my bathroom and I'm cleaning my room. She says, no, you're not. I say, yes, I am. She says, but, oh, you have a podcast tonight. I said, I do, but I have to clean because I'm not doing this tomorrow. I, I have to get it done. But the truth be told, now that I reflect on it, I was actually, when I was cleaning, I was actually preparing for the podcast. I already knew what I wanted to talk about, obviously. But when I clean, I don't know for you guys, if I lift weights, if I work out, if I do something, for some reason, I have clarity. And it's a joke around here that, you know, I have a type A personality. That's true, you know. Over the years, I've been rigid, but once again, let's be curious, where did that come from? It has helped me in most cases, but I've had to work through that because you know what? When, when obstacles you cis, you got to pay attention. So I've learned how to, you know, um, you know, moderate that, make it work for me. 
And so tonight, we're going to be looking at, you know, and, you know, how that was normalized in my life. How was that normal? How was it normalized that I, I became so rigid and I have such a rigid personality? My husband often teases that, you know, you've been a great drill sergeant. I'm telling you, Keisha, you would have been a great drill sergeant because you're very strategic, you're very organized, and et cetera, et cetera. But I have to tell you, that doesn't always work well when you're trying to have emotional connection and, you know, very, you know, quality relationships, um, connecting deeply to your children, to your spouse. Yeah, these are areas that I had to work through. And again, let's be curious. How did I get that way, right? So one of the obstacles you assist, part two, is the uh, topic for tonight, if you're joining us. And there's a third person. I don't know who that is, but welcome. Welcome tonight if you're just joining us. Um, it's uh, the sixth episode of Healing of the Heart. And, you know, this is a good time to say, why am I doing Healing of the Heart? If I know, By now, most persons know, but I like to kind of slip it in there now, now and then. You know, Healing of the Heart came out of my own story, all right? Um, Kate, this work that I do came out of my own life. And I have to tell you the truth. This book and this podcast, I, I don't know. Maybe there are other podcasts like this out there. I don't know them. But I have to tell you that um, in the work that I do, I don't see, I don't hear the things that I, that I would prefer to hear um, as, a, as a clinician, as a woman, um, that, you know, I have my own, have had my own personal struggles and stories. And, you know, I, I, I find that there's a need to connect. There's a need to connect with other women that have similar stories and they have yet to find their voice or they have yet to find a place that their voice can be heard. This is how I feel. And so this is why uh, Healing of the Heart podcast exists. This is why um, the practice that I do exists. And this is why Healing of the Heart itself, the book, um, Selective Prose and Poetry, is in existence. Because I believe that um, there wasn't a place for my voice. There wasn't. You know, how... <laughs> How, how are you a Christian and have gone through, you know, these things, um, and yet somehow or another you're supposed to be strong and be full of faith, um, but underneath these things are still percolating and they're never dealt with, and, and that's not living a fulfilled life. I don't believe, and, you know, that that's what we're called to do, and that in, in terms of living a fulfilled life, it doesn't work. You cannot be productive that way. You have to be honest. There needs to be a place for honesty, and you're not penalized. There needs to be a place that you can be honest and you're not judged. And I believe that this is the place for that. So that's what this podcast is. So let's get into it then. I don't know. The last time we were together, I talked intensely about the formation of the self. I'm not going to recap that tonight because I believe that it's, I think it's well done in the last podcast. Um, you know, the obstacles used as part one and um, other prior podcast um, sessions. You can take a listen at that. But I do want to touch on the fact that Essentially, if I were to summarize the last session, you know, the formation of the self, you know, self implies others. That's one of the key points. So how do you know you become a self? Because in your environment, you've had persons that you saw and you basically imitated them and you mimicked them. And before you know it, you became a self. Now, there's a word I want to introduce to you tonight. I did say it earlier. It's called normalizing judgment, moralizing judgment. And there is a third oh, thank you. I saw someone says, I like the show. I like the show. I appreciate that so much because you know what? Here's a pause. I have to say that this is encouraging for me too. This is encouraging for me. And later on, I'll tell you um, a little bit more about your encouragement to me um, in terms of this new podcast. So I want to introduce uh, three words, actually. Normalizing judgment, moralizing judgment. Okay? Right. And of course, we talked about the self. So it begs the question then, so if self implies others, right, let's, under, let's underscore tonight when the obstacles use this. And we're going to give examples um, for how the obstacle is still you, is still me, all right? Me first. I always like to say me first because, you know, it lowers the bar and it gives persons a chance to be vulnerable, to be honest, and to be open to look at themselves. This is one of the reasons why I love this work so much. If you've ever worked with me, you're listening you know that this is exactly how my approach is. Because I'm not better than you, period. Uh, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I like that. I'm not better than anyone. We're here working this through. Um, I just get to be a vessel to do it. So again, self implies others, right? So how does a self get formed? Well, you internalize the behaviors of people around you. And these persons' behaviors and ways of being, you take it in. Look. 
I mean, from zero to three, three to six, six to nine, these are all stages of development, you know, for a girl. And yeah, I say girl, maybe there's a couple of male listening tonight. Um, I'm not, I do not discriminate. In fact, I often tease because, you know, in my practice, a few men will call and say, do you see men? I'm like, of course, we can't discriminate. Well, you know, it's really about women. I'm like, yeah, but we'll see you too. So if you're listening tonight, welcome. Um, so we're talking about the self, right? So we internalize these behaviors and we imitate. And not only do we imitate, but we're also cultivating. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, um, when our caregivers, depending on their behaviors to us, right, um, they elicit and they evoke certain emotions and responses out of us. If you can just pause for a second and think about when you were growing up, right, from three to six or six to eight or eight to 11, just think about, I don't know, think about where you were. Where were you in those times when you were growing up? Who, who, was, who was set over you? Um, and, and in those times, do you recall that you were a self? How did it feel? Did it feel good? Or did it feel not so good? I don't like the word bad. I like to really reflect on that because in those formative years, when you're developing emotions, when your hormones, you know, we call energy today, this word energy is like so loose, but um, when that's actually being formed in you with the emotions ingrained in you, that's self, that's the brain, that's the amygdala, that's all working together for you to have a worldview about yourself about relationships and about others. Yeah. So these interactions between ourselves and persons in our environment, basically, it's all set up to help us to understand what, what motivates us in our relationships. Let me say that again. All these interactions that we take in, in our world, we like to say these fancy words, internalize. When we internalize these behaviors, right, essentially, it really sets up what motivates our relationships. So what does that look like? Well, some people are motivated to perform. I often go back to that. Some persons are motivated to serve. Some persons are motivated to be in, to be in you know, a place of power, right? Because power was taken from them and so forth and so on. If you pay attention to that then, um, it's no surprise why some of us actually do the vocations that we do, right? It's no surprise that some of us um, take on, um, I don't know, professions, vocations, or even volunteer positions, or rank and file in a family. It's no wonder why we're in those positions that we're in. Think about that. So I'm going to pause. I like to always pause when I introduce um, concepts and when I introduce examples of them. And I'm gonna play some more music and then I give me a chance to chat back to the persons who are saying hi to me. And uh, so think about what I just said. Where were you ages three to six, six to nine, eight to 11? Where were you? Who was in, you know, involved in your life? Who are the persons that were set over you? Um, and in those moments that you recall, um, you know, were they positive ones or were they not so positive? And again, I don't like to use the word bad. Uh, because in my work, we're taught and we're trained to say, you know, to understand rather that we should not totalize. Totalizing simply means that we interpret all our experiences as negative, and they're not all negative. Because even some of the negative ones, when we peel back the layers, we can salvage them, right? So we don't totalize, which is why we don't judge, but we take a look to be curious and to ask questions. So after this pause, we're going to take another look, or a deeper look, I should say, at what normalizing is uh, versus moralizing. So let's listen a little bit more to William Murphy and Face to Face. I like this one. Thank you. 
Are you thinking about the question that I asked? I hope so. So this is a good time to say, um, I was mentioned earlier talking about the podcast and the fact that it's been two months and I want to take a few seconds here and say thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Um, two days ago, I learned that the podcast had 101 downloads. Um, so that just lets me know that we're talking about something that matters to you and to me. We're talking about something that um, it's, it seems like it's having an impact and I'm so thankful for that. Um, so I'm just saying thank you, oh my goodness. And um, feel free to, um, to write me, to email, um, and maybe some topics or things that I have touched on but didn't delve deeper or other things that you'd like to hear me talk about on Healing of the Heart. Again, this all came out of Healing of the Heart book, but of course, this is much bigger than that. Um, it's much deeper than that. So um, again, just a few minutes here, a few seconds here, rather, to say thank you so much for participating um, in this podcast and for making this, you know, you know, bigger than what it is and reaching more people. Because honestly, that's what it's about. It's, it's not about anything else. It's about relationship and, you know, having um, stable interdependent relationships and better communities. At the end of the day, that's what, is, that's what matters. So let's continue. So we were talking about, you know, um, when the obstacles you assist, you know, oftentimes, so I'm going to give a little bit of, um, I'm going to digress a little bit, tell a little story because all of our stories, I mean, all of our lives are really about stories. I mean, lots of stories actually. So just listen up a little bit. So, you know, oftentimes we tend to gravitate towards the obstacle. That obstacle is perhaps rejection. Um, that obstacle is dejection. <laughs> that obstacle is feeling unimportant. That obstacle is feeling less than. I have walked those, um, those paths, I know. Um, so we gravitate towards that. So if you remember earlier, we were talking about, um, you know, the self and how that gets formed and the different emotions that are elicited and evoked from us. And then as a result, then we essentially carry them forward and we reinforce them over time. So when the obstacles you assist, it's, I'm referencing exactly just that. Um, we gravitate towards those things that we already have inside of us, and it's almost like we attract them. They're like magnets because they do exist inside of us from very early. And, and so uh, what does that potentially look like? Well, if you remember uh, from, you know, the relationships that's um, built from early, you know, um, the motivation for why is it, if you stop and think, why are you motivated for certain relationships? For example, I always say, you know, um, we depend on people to like us, so we will like ourselves. But that's, that, that stuff gets started really early. But because you want to please your parents, you want to please that person. You, you want to, you know, um, there's something called moral development, moral reasoning. In graduate school, they taught us that. Um, ages uh, 8 to 11, 8 to 12, that's when you start looking at moral reasoning, right or wrong, good girl, bad girl. You know, um, it's funny, I used to see this stuff in my, my daughter's preschool. I remember, you know, they do this thing about uh, you change your color in the classroom. You know, you're a good girl, you get like, I forgot what color it was, but, or you get your color moved down. If you get your color moved down, you're a bad girl. You talk too much, you get your color moved up, you're a good girl. So, you know, more reasoning, I mean, it gets developed from home, and then it gets in the classrooms, and it's reinforced there. That's what you call normalizing judgment. So normalizing, it's a, way of, it's, a, it's a way of conforming. It's a way of conforming something that they want to be normed. So essentially from early home, right, if you want to be a good girl, uh, you need to do X, Y, Z. I don't know what it was for you. Uh, maybe you couldn't, I don't know what you couldn't do or what you should do. 
you can have certain friends or you couldn't. And let me just pause here, not to say we shouldn't have resolutes. Remember, I'm not totalizing. I'm glad I introduced that word earlier. So we're not totalizing where all experiences are all negative. No, 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 no. But we're being curious, though, about the ones um, that were not helpful and they did cause harm. So we're, you know, this podcast is looking at being curious about these things and undoing the harm that was done to our ego. The ego is our executive function, a part of our personality, the one that helps us to, you know, mediate um, right and wrong, the one that helps us to execute and make decisions, healthy decisions, hopefully. Uh, our ego helps us to um, have, you know, tolerance um, for things and to have, you know, so tolerance and, you know, handle frustrations. So the ego is a very locomotive part of our, our, um, our brain that helps us to live. And you can see then by just a quick overview of the, of the ego, how if, if, it's, if it has a lot of harm done to it, you're not going to be executing very nicely, are you? Am I? You no, know, you're not. You're going to be second guessing yourself. Right. So second guessing yourself sometimes also shows up in when the obstacles you cyst. you know, like you're not sure about taking that job. You're not sure if you should, I don't know, write that letter. You're not sure if you should do a podcast. I don't know. You're not sure if you should write that book. Um, you're not sure you should go back to school. I mean, all kinds of things. You know, you're not sure you should speak up for yourself on the job. Um, you're not sure. You're not sure. You're not sure. So the obstacles you cyst are maybe you're dating someone. And, you know, you're probably asking yourself, oh, my gosh, when am I going to be enough? Once again, second-guessing yourself. When is this person ever going to see me for who I am? But the real question is, do you see you for yourself? So we depend on others to like us so we can like ourselves. And that's unfortunate because we've been taught that. We've been taught that very early, right? Instead of the opposite, right? So I just went over what normalizing judgment is, right? Maybe I should pause here so you can really listen and think about that. So normalizing judgment, it's really, it's pretty serious. You know, persons like to use the word brainwash. I think that's kind of going too far. I mean, but in a sense it is. You know, um, in, in the literature they call that division of classification. You know, uh, where you're spoiled or unspoiled, where you're deserving or undeserving. And you know, it begs the question, wh where did our parents learn that? If you're from the Caribbean, we got that double. You know what I mean? I, I remember, when I was in um, high school, we start high school early. I was uh, 12 uh, because we're on, we were on the British system. So we start high school early. And I remember my twin brother, he did something wrong. And you know how they spanked him? They whipped him with a cane, just like slavery. So yeah, I'm very, I'm being strategic how, how I want to introduce this part. So they whipped him over his back with a cane. Yeah, and I cried. I remember, I was like, why? I couldn't understand. I forgot what my brother did. I don't know what he did, and he couldn't play soccer for a while either. I don't know what my brother did, but I remember um, the schoolmaster, yep, that's what they call him, schoolmaster, they took him in the office, and I heard about it, and he got caned for whatever he did. So think about that. So that right there is normalizing judgment. He did something, and he got penalized, and that was, hey, division of classification, you do something wrong, you're spoiled, you, we're going to fix that. And they, hey, it wasn't a regular spanking, it was a cane over his back. Where did that come from? Huh? That's, that's normalization of judgment. That is, hey, you break a rule, you're not allowed to explore that, and we're going to make sure you never do it again. Yeah, he never did it again. He never did it again. But then you think about, you know, the emotional impact from that. What, but quite, what did he learn, right, in those early formative years? And he was about, and he started high school before me because he had passed his common entrance before I did. So he was actually 11 when that happened. So think about the emotional impact on him. You know, what did he learn from that? What did that do to his ego? You know, uh, what emotions did that elicit from him? How did that shape him emotionally and socially? So normalizing judgment has a lot to do with, you know, uh, rules and norms that are created by institutions. So now let's go to another level with normalizing judgment. You know what else it does? It sets us up, you and I, to measure, pay attention, it sets us up to measure, right, what we do, what we think, our thoughts, our life against, right, the norms that were created by institutions. That's pretty profound to me. It really is. So what does that look like? Well, think about it. Whatever decisions you make in your life, we talked about when the obstacles you exist, so when you're making decisions about whether you should do this podcast, 
Well, number one, what's, what's an institutionalized norm? I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. People are going to think that, you know, I'm not qualified to talk about that. Or who's going to listen to me? You know, I don't have three PhDs. That's a norm. That's a norm. I mean, it, uh, here's, here's another example. It is, no, it is no wonder then society rewards persons who are perhaps doctors, lawyers, engineers, um, you know, those big ones. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, society reward those persons much more um, than persons who decide that, you know what, I just want to, you know, I want to be a teacher. I, I, and you know what, I often always say, how did these doctors and lawyers get to where they are? Well, somebody taught them. Somebody had to teach, you know. Um, so that's just another example of normalizing judgment. And of course, these are superficial um, terms or examples. They're deeper examples um, that perhaps you can relate to that I don't know about you and you don't, you don't know about me. But this is just to kind of scratch the surface for you to think about how deep this thing runs. So the obstacle and the obstacles you cis. Again, uh, for some girls, you know, ages from three to six, you know, um, if, you're, if you're not raised by a dad or if you've had disruption or um, had, you know, your, a lot, lot of, um, you know, disruption with, with your home life growing up, so your attachment style is very disrupted and very confused and very inconsistent. So think about what and how that sets you up, right, um, to be motivating your relationships. Think about that right? If you don't have um, that male figure cementing your identity, um, opening the door for you, telling you that you're loved, that you're beautiful, that you're okay, when you make a mistake, let's talk about it, let's, right? If you don't have, um, you know, like a, a very warm, nurturing mom or dad, specifically for girls, think about how you will be motivated for relationships with, with men later on, right? I often see this you know, again, so normalizing judgment. So these things get normalized because, well, number one, then you're set up now to, you know, to feel important. And so you'll end up doing things, accepting things. Once again, remember that example I gave, um, you attract the rejection, you're magnet for the dejection, you're magnet for people not respecting you. Uh, because deep down, it's because those emotions of feeling lack of respect for yourself, of feeling unimportant, it's already in there. It was already illicit, it was created, and it's in there, it's embedded. But the good news is that you can undo the harm that was done to your ego. You can undo it. I've done it. You can. It's work. I tell myself this all the time, and I say it in my practice, look, this is going to take work. It didn't get there overnight. All right, so I'm going to pause here. We're going to play some more music. Uh, when I get back, we're going to take a look more at, um, you know, basically as a result of when, you, when the obstacles you assist, these things that have been elicited, have been created, have been reinforced, and how when, they're, when we're unaware of them, you know, typically how that sets us up and unconsciously how we're on default by them and how we still live like that today. Look at some more examples and as a result, how we define ourselves. Let's pause. I'm having fun, guys. I like talking about this stuff. No, that's an understatement. I love talking about this stuff. So let's play some more William Murphy as you contemplate what I'm talking about. And if I'm going too fast, let me know. I'll slow down. Here we go. Thank you. 
back and back and back. Oh my gosh, that's how you how much fun I'm having. I'm having way too much fun. Oh my gosh, way too much fun, guys. I keep saying that I'm gonna film um, the podcast. I'm gonna work on that. Uh, maybe not this year, maybe at the beginning of the year, I'll start filming. Um, so you can see that I have my cup of tea and my blanket and uh, <laughs> I have some more fun. Um, yeah, we're gonna have a good time. So I don't know, I forgot to say this part too you know, about when I was introducing. I love to go over this part, talking about the fact that um, this podcast is really about looking at yourself, looking at um, checking judgment like a baggage. You know, like you, you go to airlines, you check that stuff. Don't bring it here. It's a judgment-free zone, honestly. So when we're doing podcasts, when we're working together, we leave that stuff outside. Because if you don't, then you're not going to have any freedom. Um, and I often talk about faith and love in my work. I know it's weird. Um, you know, um, persons in the community will say, you know, I don't hear therapists talking about that. I said, well, that's because maybe they're not comfortable yet. Well, I am because I understand that there are different types of love. And um, without love in this work, it doesn't move. You know, it doesn't matter how much methodology and intervention and theory. Yeah, you should know all that because if not, then you're not a clinician. But uh, you need that. But, you know, you need the humanistic side of things. And I love to um, infuse that in the work that I do. And definitely this podcast is no exception. So let's keep going. All right, so we have, it's 8.38. And before we continue, I forgot to give some more updates too. So the book, oh my gosh, did you watch my, uh, I gave an update uh, this past Monday, I think, or Tuesday. I did an update video. Um, I was like, do my rah-rah thing, it was funny. But I'm gonna post it again, so I'm gonna repost that video tomorrow. So a couple of updates about the book. The book, it's, talk about revisioning, oh my gosh, revisioned redeveloped, all that reword, yeah, it's nice, it's really, really nice, I have to tell you, I was telling you in my video how sad I was, and I think I did another video talking about how I truly was so sad about the first publisher and how things really went sour, um, but I have to tell you that all things do work together for good, because this book now is in better hands, it's now in the hands of an international publisher, I'm really excited about that, and so the book will be ready at the end of this month. And oh, the shirts are here. I am a woman of abundance. Oh, we have to clap on that. We have to clap. <laughs> yes, the shirts are here. So all persons, oh my gosh, you've been so kind. You've been so patient with me. The shirts are here. So they're going to be here. Um, check with UPS yesterday. Um, I was not in the office yesterday. They came and I wasn't there. But the shirts are here. I'm excited. Um, thanks to Maria Via, my assistant. She's been gracious to me too. I'm tracking that stuff down, making sure it does not get shit back where it came from. So no, but we're going to have those shirts next week. I can't wait because I'll do an update video showing you the shirts. So I'm really excited about that. What else? Oh, and I now have a YouTube channel. I know I'm trying to do different things. And you know what? You don't stop trying to do different things because you have a place. There's a voice. Your voice is here for a reason. Listen, you know, energy doesn't die. It renews and it becomes something better and greater and that's you honestly and that's me so yep the youtube channel it's new beginning healing institute and you know what i started a year ago shy not knowing what i was doing but i just knew that i need to try and see how it would work out so i've decided now to upload all of my manda power tip videos again receiving a lot of feedback about the manda power tip videos and how they are helpful and you know it's again like i always share when i respond to comments they're encouraging for me too I'm not exempt from being encouraged, not because I'm a vessel or a conduit. I still need to be encouraged too, which is why I love doing this work. So yeah, well, the book will be out by the end of October, just in time for Thanksgiving. The shirts are here. They'll be here next week. Those who have pre-ordered, you can expect to get your stuff by the end of the month. Um, the YouTube channel is up and running. You can check that out and share that because that's what this community is about. It's about sharing. So one more time, let's just give an applause for that. All right, so let's wind down. Let's pipe it down. It's 841. So we promised to talk about, you know, what else does this look like? What else does it look like? So oftentimes, as a result of, you know, this sense of self, how, how it's set up is important. And remember, we don't totalize. Nope, never do that. Write that word down. Never totalize. Don't interpret everything as negative because that's not true. All right, so, uh, how else, so essentially, how do we do this? How do we arrange to fail? That's always on my, um, my topic. You know, and I say it all the time. How is it we arrange to fail over and over again? Why? Well, it's because we oftentimes, you know, develop our, we, we define ourselves, I should say. 
We often define ourselves um, and our character, you know, um, in the nature and the character of other persons. Let me, so said another way, we define ourselves then. Remember, self implies others. See, there it is again, right? It shows up even in adulthood. We've been defining ourselves and because we internalize those things and the nature and characteristic of these other people. Can you believe that? That's profound to me. I'm serious. When I was in graduate school learning this stuff, I was like, oh, that's why I feel like crap. <laughs> that's why. I remember I was in my English lit class. Her name was Miss Bridau, B-R-I-D-E-A-U. And I kid you not, we were talking about Shakespeare and she, this poem she brought up and I was sitting in the class and tears flood my face. And I was like, I was talking about a girl and her dad. I, I forgot how it was. I was at Palm Beach Lakes High School. And I sat in the class and I was numb. I'm not kidding you. I remember like it was yesterday. All right. And I was like, oh, that girl is me. I mean, that girl was me. You know, oftentimes growing up, I heard um, I wasn't going to become anything. That's just the truth. Now, you know, looking back on that stuff, I laugh because, you know, really, I have the power to become what I want. And so do you. I often heard, well, you know, because I was a teen mom, I heard, oh, you know, you're a disgrace. Man, I felt that. I did. Uh, it's so funny. In Healing of the Heart book, I, you know, there's a poem in there. So let me just throw a poem in there tonight. Um, talking about, um, you know, stop living in their shadows. My goodness, I have to read a portion of that poem to you tonight at the end. Um, I, I was living in, in the shadows of, um, you know, of different persons. And again, I'm not pointing, listen, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm not blame, blaming, but this, this is part of my narrative. I can't lie, I can't hide it. This is part of my story. I was told I wasn't gonna become anything. Um, I was told that I'm a, I was a disgrace. Um, I was oftentimes, you know, looked upon like I was second, third, fourth, and fifth class. And you know, people have a way of, I don't know if this, if this resonates with you, people have a way of when your life has changed, when your life is different, they still wanna remind you of what you did. <laughs> they still wanna remind you, oh, you made did that, and this and that. And you know, the thing about that is, life is moving on, you're evolving, and you're trying to get better, and they're trying to remind you. So the obstacles you cis is when we decide to still listen to those things. You, you have the, 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 the desire to, to be different. You cannot do the harm. You cannot do the harm that was done to the ego. You cannot do the harm that people are still trying to do to you. And in, in, in essence, trying to still get you to fulfill what they said about you. And you know what? You can stop that. You can. And, and I love talking about that because it's true. So again, we're winding down, we're summarizing. Normalizing judgment is a real thing. And again, I talked about how, how did I, where did my parents get that from? You know, and, and I hint earlier, so let me bring it up now. You know, well, we were all colonized. Some people, you know, if you're Haitian American or Haitian, you're colonized by the French, we're colonized by the British, we're colonized by the Spanish. We're colonized by a lot of different people. Countries that were peopled by different people, okay? And, and so I even gave an illustration about my brother being Cain. Well, where, where, where did schoolmaster learn to cane him in his formative years? Formative years where he was growing up, his emotions, social and emotional skills. So normalization takes place from institutions, from the institution as families. I mean, it gets normalized all the way around. And before you know it, the unconscious has large doses of insecurities. Yep. Did I say that? Yeah, I did. Yep large doses of insecurities, and before you know it or not, these are the things that your unconscious is turning over and over again and leaving you unproductive, leaving you second-guessing yourself. Should I start that business? Well, why not? Should I write that book? Should I change my job? Should I apply for that job? Should I apply for a promotion? I mean, should I plant the garden? Oh my gosh, I used to always hear, I can't, I don't have a green thumb, I promise you. I. I don't have a green thumb. I mean, seriously, I can't hang a curtain. I can't, I can't, I can't. And you know, these are well meaningful people, some of them, not all. Again, all or nothing. That does not, that's very flawed. All right. So, normalizing judgment versus moralizing. I didn't get too much into moralizing tonight, but I'll just, you know, touch a little bit on there. Moralizing basically says this when you're trying to make a decision, the wrong or right about it, wrong or right. But again, what is this moralizing tinged by? Right? So yeah, is it wrong or right? Uh, what does that look like? Uh, like capital punishment. That's not a good example right now because I, can, I know something recent happened in the news. But capital punishment, right, is to deter you know, certain criminal activity. But is it the best option? Well, some people use morals to pretty much guide their decision. Well, killing is wrong. 
and you can see how this goes on. But I'm talking about an emotional social context, right? Moral, moralizing, to, for example, you shouldn't wear that red lipstick if you listen to that, to that episode, or don't wear the pants because it's wrong morally. Well, what is that? That is definitely contaminated by normalization. And a lot of that has to do with culture, and culture has a lot to do with colonization. So if you really pay attention to these concepts and themes that I've talked about tonight, you can see pretty much how the self, the formation of self, the view of self, the worldview of self, oftentimes is very confused and very contaminated, and we are fed large doses of insecurities, and that has tremendous impact upon the quality and the fulfillment of the life that you live. And every single day, it is work. It is work to undo, undo the, the harm that was done to the ego, which is why I, many times I really invoke um, the spiritual aspect of um, um, your, your identity into the work that I do and into my own life and into the lives of my children, because I know the literature is very clear about that too, that that is the underpinning to undoing the harm that's done to your ego, so you can reauthor your, your life, re, you know, revision your, your life, and so you can have new resources for yourself. So when the obstacles you cis, I hope I gave you some you know, concepts, some illustrations to think about um, in light of perhaps your intimate relationships, right? In light of your professional life, in light of your spiritual life, right? And if you listen keenly enough, a lot of this boils down to culture normalization, social context, it's culture. And again, who affects culture? Where did culture come from? We were all colonized by people, peopled by people. And so, I don't know, I invite you tonight to take a pause, ask yourself questions from what we talked about tonight. And again, if you wanna email me, write me, whatever it is, um, perhaps if you wanna have more discussion about this, um, I don't know what you want to do with this information, but I invite you to engage with this topic tonight. We're going to pause here. I'm going to give myself a round of applause. You know, you have to give yourself kudos because I'm enjoying the show so much. And I appreciate your input tonight, those persons who are writing. So I'm going to applause here and play a little bit more music. But we're going to end with Sam on my desk tonight. Let me just pause here and just give myself a round of applause and clap you guys for joining me tonight. Yay! So excited. So we're gonna play a little bit more of, uh, well, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's, uh, let's do Samuel Medas, and we're gonna play my favorite, you guys know what it is, right? Here it is. Let them talk, let them talk, let them, let them talk, right? <laughs> but what do you say? What do you say? Yes, we came. Those that are for me are far more than those who are against me. We're pulling out our swords. Anything that don't look like you and talk like you, you gotta come down. Debt to the ways of the city with me carrying divinity set apart. Tear it down to the earth. The strongholds of poverty, greedy, simple living, and reveling in demonic prisons. Been given instruction to tear it down. The city is yours, say it the Lord. Be sure to tear down the things that I apart. Look, follow my word to the letter for sure. Victory is given and show you secure. Listen to me and your way to be pure. The first of the last ones are to the floor. Blaze, eternal fire from heaven, devour only. Let me crank it down. Let me crank it down. I promise to read to you a couple lines from Living in Their Shadow. Because that's what I used to do. That's right, he has. <laughs> and so you don't have to live in anybody's shadow. I definitely don't do that anymore. Just because, hey, you know, like I shared in the couple, first couple of podcasts, I've decided to do the work in my life. And I tell you what, I often tell even clinicians that I train now, if you don't do the work in your life, you can't work with other persons. It's just not going to work. It's just not. First of all, number one, you can't connect to yourself. There's disharmony in your configuration. 
it's just not going to work. And you're going to work with persons who have similar stories like you, and you won't be able to handle it. It's just going to be chaos, and you're causing harm to others and yourself. So I often always say, you cannot do this work if you haven't done the work yourself. It just doesn't work. So I'm thankful that, you know, I have done the work in my life, and it's still a work in progress, right? And so um, living in your shadows, um, that's not doing the work. That's pointing fingers. So here's a couple lines from Healing of the Heart book. Um, um, and again, um, it'll be officially out um, October 31st. Um, and by the way, let me give the website for that. I didn't even do that, right? It's www.healingoftheheart.co. Simple. Healingoftheheart.co. You type that into your uh, search bar, it will come right up. Um, you know, so that's the website that I have dedicated to the book for those persons who want to, you know, want to continue to pre-order because the pre-order um, uh, availability is still there. And then after that, um, the price will go up just slightly on Amazon, not too much. So let's end tonight, as I promised, um, with the poem, Living in Their Shadow. Oh, my gosh. It says, despite past failures, pain and suffering, you're, you're a person of worth, a child of the king, valuable creature you are, destined to light the earth like sun, moon, and star. There's a plan for your life. You have dreams and beliefs. Hope is waiting to take flight. I'll stop there. So I don't know um, what you felt tonight, how or what you're feeling about the information um, that you know you heard tonight. Much of this information tonight, obviously, when I do my work, whether I'm doing a podcast, whether I'm teaching, or if I'm just doing whatever in my work, I always strive to ground my work in the literature. You have to, because that lends a credibility um, to the work that is being done. And so when persons leave the space, they have something to reflect on. They can go look it up. They can do deeper work um, individually or with perhaps a professional like myself or others. Uh, but it gives you a path forward so you can continue to do the work in your life. And of course, then the experiential part for example, the poem that I just read to you. And of course, um, you know, some parts of my own story I shared um, is to make sure that I can be authentic with you. Um, to, so that way it gives you a chance to open up a bit to see yourself or begin to see yourself in a way or ways that you have not done before. So thank you for listening to this podcast this evening. It's my privilege, really. And I often say that to you, privilege me, because you could choose to do something else right now, be on Instagram or Facebook or something. But you chose to spend the time together in a, in a community fashion um, to talk about um, and to act upon, you know, living better lives. So with that, I want to give you a last round of applause. And we're going to end uh, with Samuel Madas. Thank you so much. See you next time. Next podcast is in two weeks. And you will get updates about that via my post and all the ways that I keep in touch with you. Have a good night, guys. Bye. The Lord has given us the city. Oh, oh, yeah. Rock it out with me, guys. It's 8.55, we'll rock it out till, till 9 o'clock. Satan, no one for Lego, will you don't it promise me that you bless my every move, enlarge my boundary, that you dignify this nation and your several families. They say it can't be done, but you're the kind of impossibilities yeah, that I love. The Lord has given us the city. 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 Has given us the city. The Lord 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 has
No other name by which we can be saved but Jesus. My God, so trust in horses and chariots. But we will remember the name of the Lord. Good night, guys. See you next time. Thank you so much.